0: hey everyone welcome back to the building efficiency podcast presented by Netty and associates i'm your host jim schaefer now if this is your first time tuning in Netty and associates is an executive search firm focused on the building efficiency industry that's why we named the podcast the way that we did and simply put we help our clients find the right talent each week we sit down with leaders from the industry to discuss their backgrounds how they got started and where they see the industry heading we also get to know our guests and find out what drives them to be successful. On today's episode, episode 23, we sit down with Shane Homan, who is the Vice President of Energy Services with McClure Company. Really enjoyed spending time with Shane, hearing, out, hearing how he got started with McClure and how they're positioned today to deal with the ongoing COVID environment. You'll, of course, also want to stick around to hear Shane's perspective on the future of the industry as well. And now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to our channel. And if you enjoy this episode, please share it and leave a five-star review. Now, we think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So let's drop in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast. Today, we're sitting down with Shane Homan, who is the Vice President of Energy Services from McClure Company. Shane, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jim. Glad to be here. I'm uh, glad you reached out. Yeah, I'm glad we were able to uh, to make this happen. I know you and I had uh, bumped into each other at NASCO over the years, and uh, who would have thought we're doing a podcast? I never would have pictured that, but uh, I'm glad we're carving out some time to uh, to make this happen. So I know you've been in the industry for, for a little while now. A lot of our audience, a lot of our listeners are going to know who you are, Shane, but for the people out there who don't, can you tell us about your background and kind of how you got started?
1: Yeah, so I've been with McClure uh, for 20 years. Really, right out of at college, I started uh, in a part-time capacity as a designer, and uh, while I was finishing my engineering degree at Penn State, mechanical engineering, and uh, have just never left, so they've tried to get rid of me, but I just, just keep hanging in there, and uh, here we are 20 years later. Um, after that, I eventually got my uh, professional engineering license, and have held a couple different positions in the company, started out as a designer, moved into engineering, um, believe it or not, went from engineering into sales, which is not traditional, but but we made it happen. And I'm in my current role as as a vice president of engineered services.
0: Yeah, you mentioned moving from engineering into sales. I, I would agree. most Most of the time, we don't see that transition. So, so what did you see in the sales opportunity, and what helped you ultimately make that decision? What, what was attractive to you about it?
1: Yeah, I think what happened was I quickly discovered that. I like the technical side of things, but when it comes to engineering, you have to be really detailed focused and and just you know just have to stay focused for a longer period of time than than i I like to be uh when I got into moved more into sales uh you could still use that technical background, but it's more of a conceptual idea and you know putting putting together technical aspects and financial aspects uh presenting to uh the clients sometimes it's it's a large audience, small audience. So I think that mix of things really appealed to me and
0: got my interest. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's obviously a, a unique combination. I think has uh has served you well, you know, 20 years here at McClure. So I, I think um uh, again, a lot of our audience could is, is good to know who you guys are, but maybe outside of Pennsylvania, if anyone's listening, they may not be as familiar with with who you guys are. So can you guys just give us a brief overview of maybe McClure as a whole and then what you focus on here in the energy services group?
1: Sure. We um, started in business since 1953 as a what I'll just call a traditional mechanical contractor. Um, We eventually added a, a preventative maintenance division and most recently added a our design build, what we call engineered services. So that's a mix of design, build, design assist, and our energy services group or ESCO. Um, so those are the three main segments of our, of our company. You know, with those, we consider everything that, that we do. We want to be able to deliver a value. And I know that's, that's cliche and, and there's a lot of companies and, and everybody wants to, to uh, be a part of that. But each one of those divisions that I just talked about are truly based on value. So even, even our um, traditional construction side, um, that's one segment. We very rarely get in a situation where we're we're just going to be a low dollar, low bid commodity. We want to bring some value. We have we have great resources internally. Um, so cost, of course, is very important. However, if it's the only metric that we're going to be selected on, we probably will pass on the opportunity. Uh, we want to like I said, we want to be able to bring in some of our resources, our, our estimating abilities, our accounting, uh, engineering, a bunch of different values that we can bring to the table. So, you know, if we can get selected based off of cost, safety record, accounting, engineering, you know, all those things mixed together, it's very appealing for us. The next segment is our preventative maintenance. So that's where we, you know, we have uh, go out to clients and we do emergency calls, traditional preventative maintenance measures. Um, Again, if, if we're just you know, we don't ever want to be chosen based off of just first cost. We want to be able to provide some value with our professional technicians. And then all of that, of course, is relevant for the energy services market, because largely that's, you know, that's what an ESCO is. They're at they're best value. They're delivering, conceptualizing a construction project, uh, delivering that project, and then standing behind it for a long term with, with guaranteed performance. So uh, it's a pretty powerful offering. And again, if you had to divide our company up to three segments, that's what we have. You have construction, preventative maintenance, and then our engineered services, which is a combination of design, build, and ESCO, or energy services company.
0: Yeah, you mentioned value. I would agree with you, right? It is one of those buzzwords out there that um, that does get overused, and a lot of people can talk about it, but can you actually deliver on it, right? That's, that's the big yep. differentiator. So I, I hear you on that. So let's let's talk about the energy services business unit, which you're leading here. As you sit today, you look at the landscape. You know we're still in the middle of of COVID, right? Especially as it's pertaining to decade to twelve. So what are you seeing right now from from that vantage point with the customers you're communicating with, and how are you guys approaching projects differently today, if at all?
1: Yeah. So well, yeah, we 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 definitely are, um, at least for the time being. So COVID has has brought a new. Challenge to the market or new opportunity um, depends how you look at it or what market you're looking at. Personally, I think it's going to bring opportunity in the way of of uh, deeper renovation uh, projects or opportunities within public and private entities. You know, there's this various measures that that need to be done to protect us from from COVID. And just looking at it from that lens, so there's a lot of existing building stock out there. You know, if you just take a school district, for example, they might have five buildings. And, uh, of course, none were fully prepared for COVID. And and it's still uh, the jury's out and how you, you know, fully prepare for that. Uh, but we know some measures at this point. You know, it's in the industry and some proven results. But I think a lot of people are, are stepping back and looking at their exist, existing building stock and thinking, you know we had plans to build you know brand new buildings, but we might not be there for many reasons. Uh, again, sticking with the schools, you know, a lot of them are in what a hybrid mode. so they're not at full capacity anymore. Maybe they will be someday, but for for right now, I think a lot of the a lot of the schools are looking at you know how to how can we upgrade our existing building stock and coupling that with the reduced or transient population that they have going on. so, before COVID, you know, maybe there was a uh, building density issue where they had to build a new bigger building or bigger campus. Well, now with the hybrid model, that that changes things. So I, I think I think a lot of people have pumped the brakes and they're they're reverting, you know, looking back towards maybe, maybe renovating these, these existing buildings is a better solution, um, which is a great, great opportunity for the entire engineers or uh, energy services group or industry, I should say.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm going to reference our, our last guest that we had on the show, uh, Wes Walker from Siemens. You know, we were talking about that from, from their perspective and how they're looking at COVID and, and the new guidelines for opening up buildings and everything that they're doing from an air quality standpoint go in direct contradiction to energy savings, right? You're pumping more and you're utilizing more energy. So, um, are you guys looking? At, I'm just curious to get your perspective on it. Is that playing into the kind of the energy savings approach? And how does that, how do you square that kind of with the guaranteed savings model that you guys have been rolling out? Are we are you there yet in evaluating projects?
1: Yeah, so it has Is to that be coming into play. Of, yeah, exactly. Um it has to be a part of the the overall solution or the calculations um so we can provide a, a proper benchmark. Uh, you know, there's there's certain instruments or technologies for example um bipolar ionization it's not a new technology but it's really come to the forefront since since uh emerged and it's a way to clean the air so to speak um at a unitary at a unitary level um and it also enhances the filtering so you know a, a smaller hvac unit that that's a standalone may not be able to handle a uh, what's called a MERV 13 filter. It's a thicker filter that's that's um, Ashray recommends for for mitigating or help mitigate COVID. Uh, so these smaller units can't really handle that. But when you couple it with the bipolar ionization, um, the two of them together really can result in a in a higher filter rating. It may not get you to the MERV 13 or higher, but it certainly increases it. So those are those are just different technologies that have um, been put in place. You know, since COVID, and and I, I'm, we're, I don't think we're any different than any other company that we've done more of it in the last three months than we have um, ever.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think it kind of sets the table for for projecting out into the future, right? Where this is where we're at today. This is what you guys are working with. I know you kind of laid out the history and, and how you guys got started, but if you project out, look at hey. What are you guys looking at as far as, like, where the industry is heading? Then how is McClure positioned to kind of, like, capitalize on what future opportunities may exist out there?
1: Yeah, so we're seeing different financing arrangements. You know, all these projects, of course, have a, a financial hitch to them. Uh, one of the easier ones that that everybody um, can get their arms around is, is solar. So solar is a, a, a really good technology. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not new by any means. But the hurdle has been in the past of, you know, how you can get it to financially work. So anybody can yeah, install it, but if it doesn't have a financial payback, you know, your, your audience certainly gets a little, quite a bit smaller. Um, so through power purchase agreements, for example, um, there are some, some federal tax incentives and depending on what state you're in, there could be some, some state incentives to help financially offset some of the burden. Uh, but it's a great solution where a, a public entity, for example, can partner with a private entity, um, extract that tax equity of the private entity, put it into the project, and buy down the uh, the financials for the the system overall. So it's really a, a win-win where you can bring a, a private entity together with a with a uh, public entity and and not only provide you know renewable power but also make it a good financial investment.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that. You know, different ways of financing projects and just kind of the evolution of yeah, as you referenced, public-private partnerships. There, so you know, I think that's that's really interesting. So, Shane, I wanted to transition to the the last part of the show here. Same four questions that I asked to every guest who comes on. What are your daily non-negotiables? So, one is certainly um,
1: employee retention, making employees happy. Um, you know, it's safe to say that that. All good companies are made up of, of good employees, uh, especially when it comes to a construction company. You know the assets are really in in the the employees. Um, you know we have we have some vans, we have some trucks, we have some tools, but those assets are are minuscule compared to you know the employees that we have. So we want to make sure they're happy, they have the tools and technology to to excel, and you know make sure they're having fun doing their 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 work and feeling like they're, they're accomplishing, you know, something on a daily
0: basis. So that's, that's, that's the primary non-negotiable. Yeah. Well, I think everyone can, can appreciate that for sure. So let's rewind the clock. You're graduating from Penn state, or, um, maybe you might still be in school, but what, what advice would you give to your 22 year old self? Uh, (laughs) quite a few things.
1: Uh, personally, uh, there's a lot of things I wouldn't recommend, but we'll just leave them personal for now. Uh, (laughs) Thank goodness back then there was no smartphones and uh, social media wasn't really a, a deal. But anyways, professionally, um, you know, it's it's I see a lot of young people come in and, and um, it just feels like they need to they they feel the the, the need to um, follow a certain protocol with with growth of their career. Um, my my advice has always been, you know, if you if you just want to follow the traditional Trajectory through your career—that that's fine, but um, at the same time, it's it can be uh, not a great use of time. So if you feel that you have, you know, the desire or whatever whatever coming to mind at the time, uh, just make make sure you pursue it. You know, ask your manager um, if there's something else that you can do. Uh, you just display your your you know where you want where you want to go with your your job, and you know make sure that somebody else isn't in charge of your, your career path. Uh, So put your, don't be afraid to put yourself out there.
0: And what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning?
1: Uh, You know, after 20 years, I think uh, just seeing, seeing the projects come to fruition and then having a a post-project conversation with the clients of, you know, sharing their experience, good or bad, you know, hopefully most of them are good, but, It's, it's also uh, advantageous to, to hear the, you know, some things that they think that we can correct, but overall, you know, it's, it's still very rewarding after, you know, after 20 years to hear some, some clients' comments of, you know, they can't believe uh, we accomplished what we did or how how fluid the the project went or the communication, you know, just various aspects Um, because no two projects are alike, you know, they're, they're, they all have their challenges. Um, so when you can do you know multiple projects in a row simultaneously and get positive feedback it's it's
0: very good to hear and last question here what do you want your lasting legacy to be
1: uh so come
0: on this yeah. is a softball this no is this easy is one.
1: uh there's a couple different things <laughs> but um I've, i feel like i've i've pushed our uh, engineered services department into, you know, looking at new opportunities uh, that we otherwise wouldn't have looked at, or maybe not comfortable with it's new territory. um, And we pursued quite a few of them and they've, they've proven to be, you know, very fruitful for the company. And we're, we're still pursuing a lot of them today and it's become a a big segment of our, our business. Um, But with that, I said, I'll say that the, the, my peers and coworkers were always behind, you know, something that we wanted to pursue. So not all of them, you know, uh, some of them failed, I should say. Uh, And, but luckily many didn't. And uh, whether they failed or, or, you know, didn't, it was, it was people stood behind us. So it's very rewarding.
0: I think that's a perfect way to to wrap up the show here. So Shane, thanks for coming on the building efficiency podcast. Thank you, Jim. All right, All right. there you have it. Episode 23 with Shane Homan. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did enjoy it, please be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite podcast. Now we hope you're sharing this with your friends and colleagues as well. And the one last thing that I would ask here is if you have ideas for future guests from the industry, please reach out to me. We'd love to hear from you loyal listeners. So until next time, I'm Jim Schaefer, and we'll catch you on the next episode.